This is the one with an attempted molecular bonding. The return of Lord Buckethead. Colin Baker himself. And two young guys who are definitely just in Amsterdam for the museums. It's called Ark of Infinity. Here we Here go. We go. <laughs> <laughs> We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalent Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Some Torrens look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who Back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is for you, beautiful people out there in podcast land. Welcome to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. Or Doc Past, indeed. That's delightful voice interjecting there was of course from none other than leon hello leon hello jim hello podcast land yes that's true my name is jim um i will be oh, spoil it sorry <laughs> introing slash semi-hosting for you this episode this episode being arc of infinity Ooh, divisive serial yes through our 100 percent uh audience survey um <laughs> 50 are for and 50 are against, I believe. Leon, you are That's against. That's right, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. <laughs> wow. Which is very interesting. I mean, I like some parts of it. super loved it. <laughs> super loved it. You are going to have to defend that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some caveats with that opinion as well, but we'll, uh, we'll see. Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing all of them. Jim, you had your uh, COVID vaccination today, your first jab. I did. Congratulations. A lesser man would have just taken the evening off. No, it's fine. You can jab me in the arm and I was still talking to a microphone for people. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) But of course, if, um, if I say any garbage or just weird stuff towards the end of the podcast i'm gonna attribute it to that obviously it's nothing to do with my brain sure that that's your excuse my my excuse is that i have hay fever so uh, yeah there you go keep your <laughs> emails to yourselves podcast land <laughs> <laughs> and whilst you're uh, already writing your emails why don't you listen to maybe a bite-sized chunk of who at the same time oh fantastic suggestion Time for us to synopsize, lovify and summarize So take a view, and grab a brew, and listen to this overview This free-for-all, we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who Bite-sized chunk of who A Time Lord with a voice that would make John Hurt jealous is having a nice little traitorous chat with a character that's having trouble developing in our dimension. You know, negative image, get it? (laughs) Who might they be? Never you mind, buddy, you'll find out soon enough What's important, though, is that the antimatter chap in question is plotting to take over the Doctor's body to transfer across to our dimension, thus putting all of the universe in jeopardy. The Time Lords won't stand for it, though, being the good guys, and so send for Doc in order to do the only sensible thing and execute him. Meanwhile, in Amsterdam, two backpackers are about to crash in a crypt and get inadvertently drawn into the transdimensional shenanigans when a dude from Tim Burton's worst nightmares steps in and lasers the crap out of one of them. Serendipitously, his cousin's the least popular Australian companion television's ever seen, though. Just ask Doc's face. And so these two worlds are bound to collide. B-Scow over. You are welcome. Oh, aren't you just? So explain to me again why you like this (laughs) serial, Jim. (laughs) 
Okay, the big caveat, I'm going to put the big caveat on the table first, is that I, I literally only watched the last episode, like an hour before we sat down to record. Um, Same. Yeah, I didn't realize that that one was a bit naff. <laughs> Like episodes one to three, I was so on board with this. I was loving this. Like Gallifreyan shenanigans, okay. Time Lords yep. interplaying, and I cared about it. It wasn't just Time Lords are bastards. These people are just, I don't know, stupid or whatever. I was I was interested in the Gallifrey story and it felt like Oh, very good. Yeah, felt like it was good stuff. How how do you compare this one to other Gallifrey based stories? I think I think that was the main thing. Invasion like, of time. Sorry? Yeah. Like I forget all the details of, of the previous ones, but I always felt like it was hard to like any other Time Lords. They yeah, true. all come across as bastards. Whereas most people were I think face value kind of nice. And then you had um Commander Maxil of Colin Baker fame, <laughs> who again, like, it was just doing. He was doing his job, as was you know the Castellan, like the people that he was doing his job. He was a massive asshole in this one. I loved him, by the way. He was like oh, the, yeah, the highlight of this serial, but he was such a bad guy, <laughs> and he's it, one of the good, good guys. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like head of security, or whatever. I don't know. It's like the Castellan controls security. Yeah. He's the head guard. I don't know who who's what exactly, but you know he's got a tough job and he does it in a commanding way. Yeah, definitely <laughs> doesn't pull any punches. Apparently, he was known as Archie on set because he was playing the character in such an arch fashion. <laughs> uh, that's Tardis Wikia. It's not me. Did you expect to see Colin Baker in this? By the way, sorry, this is a departure. We should we sh- no wait. Hang on, sorry. Put a pin on that. You were talking about Gallifreyans. I'm so sorry. I mean, I just I just enjoyed it. I thought there was an actual setup and the execution of the storyline and the way the characters were interacting. The there wasn't there wasn't stupid kind of like, oh, this person's backstabbing that person going on all the time. There's obviously the main issue with a traitor and a little bit of kind yeah. of who done it surrounding that. But it I don't know, it felt more kind of straight cut without too much flamboyance and they just happen to be time lords doing these things and wearing humongous shoulder pads and headgear fantastic outfits i mean yeah yeah, i would never tire of seeing those outfits they're amazing (laughs) yeah i don't know i just i think i just warmed to the idea of having more things set on gallifrey and like i didn't actually sit down and do it because i ran out of time to be honest but i wanted to kind of look at the the backstory and find out oh yeah i know no barusa is doc's ex-trainer but you know is this the castellan that was the castellan before or remind me again so who who does what and you know what is the interplay of all these people in gallifrey and i think before i maybe just didn't really give a shit but this is the first time i was like yeah i could watch an entire serial that's set on Gallifrey quite happily. In fact, I could watch an entire series that's set on Gallifrey, you know. I'm totally with you on this, dude. Anything that's on Gallifrey, that's already going to be garnering some bonus points because it happens all too rarely. And when it does, it it tends to be good. At least in classic, it tends to be good. I don't know. I don't think, in answer to your previous question, I'm sorry? I felt cheated in the past. That was, I think that was the thing. It's like, really, you'd go on Gallifrey and whilst maybe, maybe the overall thing was kind of okay to good, there were, Okay. It's just always that underpinning thing of like all the time lords are stupid or bastards, and <laughs> it just always slightly niggled me that okay, I get the the idea that we have to have a reason why Doc doesn't stay on Gallifrey, and it's because sure he's in quotes better than them, you know. Yeah, he doesn't get along with them regardless. Yeah, but it always seems a little bit too on the nose and ham fisted. It's like what. And none of them nice? Come on, this is ridiculous. (laughs) 
they all want to stab Barusa, each other. I back. think is meant to be nice. Isn't Barusa meant to be nice? Yeah, which is what you know when he gets fingered for the um, uh-huh. for being the bad guy. Then it you know it was surprising, but of course I didn't was. buy that for a second. By the way, I thought it. I thought it was interesting because. But did you? Did isn't the timing of him being made out to be the the prime suspect a little odd? The reason he's we're assuming that he's the bad guy is that someone used the presidential code to access a room. Yeah, and this is divulged literal seconds after we've seen the doctor use the presidential code to enter the room where Nissa's locked in. It's like, well, yeah. and clearly other people also have access to this code. That is not proof. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I if I buy that. I didn't necessarily expect it to be Alfred who was the bad guy. I think everything was otherwise like skewed to make it seem as though Colin Baker was the bad guy. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I really suspected well, to be honest, I did suspect uh, heading straight away because he was the only one who had a voice that even through slight <laughs> modulation would sound yeah. basically like John Hurt. I, I was my one of my first notes is like <laughs> Um, is that John Hurt? What? No, it can't be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Michael Goff. We've had him before on Doctor Who. He was the um, celestial toy maker. Okay. So he's been a major bad guy. But otherwise, he's most famous as Alfred. He's Batman's butler. Oh my God, I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah, that's him. That's it. So he was in the Tim Burton Bat- Bat- Batman. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was Alfred all the way from Tim Burton's Batman to whoever the last one to play him before Chris Nolan did the directing. Who was that? Is that George Clooney? Is George Clooney the last Batman pre-Christian Bale? Yeah, regardless. Alfred yeah, was... Okay. That, that was Michael Goff. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. Like, it wasn't going to be... What was her name? Thalia? It wasn't going to be her. No. And the, the Did you ever uh, suspect the Castellan? Background. I, don't, I think they've done the Because that could have been pretty so. badass. He's, like, investigating his own crime, basically. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, just, I think I just felt like... He probably wasn't because they. I'm pretty sure they've had a Castellan as the bad guy before. I think maybe helped the master out uh, one time. Oh, was that in uh, the Deadly Assassin? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't know if that's correct, but yeah, okay. it felt like they had done that remember. one. They couldn't couldn't use that same position as being a traitor. Yeah, but I, I don't think I really cared as well. I think I was just like, ah, someone's going to turn out to be the traitor. Things will. <laughs> come out but i don't know i was just enjoying it dude that that's my Guys, explanation. I'm, glad, man. I'm not selling you i'm, I'm sorry. super happy for you <laughs> <laughs> don't be sorry i'm so happy that you enjoyed it i also enjoyed much of it i agree with you galfrey great bonus points but there are a few things here that still stand out as i either don't buy it it seemed like it was filler or it just wasn't particularly well executed but like not in a hammy fun schlocky way it was just kind of a bad way so example almost anything taking place in amsterdam (laughs) (laughs) almost that entire plot was a little scheisse wasn't it yes the two backpackers yeah i mean they were fucking annoying they were both bad actors (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah i mean when they got shot uh, i think my note was actually oh damn it the second one didn't get shot <laughs> he got away <laughs> wanted them both to die and of course the first one isn't isn't even killed <laughs> he was pretty decent in playing like a robo man kind of dude you know when he's zombified zombie, he's walking around. Yeah. that's fine because yeah. he is not able to emote <laughs> authentically <laughs> or you know realistically but the other one was just horrible he was a terrible actor. He, his character was really rude. I felt like he was so rude to that poor woman who worked at the reception desk at the hostel. Like, unnecessarily curse with her. 
not cool, man. And then the scene, if we jump to the, the end, when he's all of a sudden with Tegan. By the way, we need to talk about Tegan being in this one for yeah. goodness knows what reason. But then when he's running around with Tegan, they both run into a room before they get lasered by the uh, Ergon? Egron? Ergon, sorry. They just like run into a room, scream like, ah! Fade out. Run into a room, scream, ah! Fade out. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give you that in the terrible stakes. <laughs> Okay. But then you've got, well, who I dubbed as negative guy through most of my notes. Like, that's a uh-huh. pretty dope-ass outfit. He's in the... Fantastic the outfit. Negative effect going on all the time. Yeah. Turns out to be Omega, who... Yeah, which is fantastic. I hadn't recalled that name before. Uh, I, I was pegging it to be Rassilon. Um, I forgot. I thought it might be Rassilon as well, actually, yeah. As, so what... Omega you... was in The Three Doctors. Okay. So are Omega and Rassilon are the same... Are they from the same period, or... Yeah, I think they're from the same era. No, I think they're the same era in in sort of Gallifreyan history. Omega is the chap who... Oh man, I'm going to get this entirely wrong. So Omega is the chap who realizes that there's some sort of energy out there. The uh, un- Is it the Untempered Schism or whatever it is? No, it's not the Untempered Schism. He he realizes that, oh, what the shit is it called? The thing that's at the heart of... What is it? Uh, hang on, I'm, I, I don't want to say anything because I'm just going to get it wrong. And then people are going to write in. Omega, anyway, is the dude who... He went to uh, like the far reaches of the universe to fetch this energy source, which was then used for time travel right and i think possibly on his way back either he got lost or as in he got stuck or possibly he wanted to use it for nefarious purposes and then uh, he was banished something like that i'm gonna i'm gonna look him up so he because i remembered like rassilon did this stuff with the uh, like a black hole basically and that's what we know as the i have harmony that's the word i'm looking for sorry i have harmony yeah. so omega did Basically put forward the events that allowed Rassilon to do that. Right. Okay, hang on. Have you just looked him up? I've brief, briefly scanned some stuff, but I think that's, that tracks with what you were saying. So they, they kind of... He's the they, founder of both, Time Lord Society. They're both responsible for giving Time Lords the ability to time travel and like have, have the power that they have. But Omega is the one that kind of put it first in motion, it sounds like. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think that's probably true. Okay, so maybe like so. o- Omega is the one who allowed them to travel through time. Rassilon is the one who sort of creates the concept of Time Lords. Right, okay. With the, oh, shit. Oh, podcast land. So sorry. <laughs> yes, tell us. Tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> I, really, please tell us. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> but I, th- I think that's um, it's possibly a negative point for this serial. Like... I mean, I've I've been watching these classics and rever- reviewing them with you for God knows, like two, three years. <laughs> Who knows? And I don't recall Omega being mentioned. If if he was mentioned in any of the series I've watched, it just hasn't stuck with me. I've I- just looked it up on whobackwhen.com. Uh, I reviewed that one with Nick. This is uh, C zero sixty five. It's before your time on the podcast, so to speak. Yeah, and, that's quite a while ago. Um, in it real, is a while ago, real yeah. broadcast land as well presumably that's multiple years yeah a decade the three doctors exactly 1973 10 year anniversary yeah i mean yeah exactly and it basically is the exact same thing i'm just looking at uh, the synopsis the b-scow on um, c065 it includes the following Doc and Co. must travel through the black hole into an antimatter universe to confront a very disgruntled civil engineer with a comedically sized helmet and a rather limited imagination. 
<laughs> oh wow yeah that does sound yeah. familiar <laughs> that, that's that's this episode isn't it that's pretty sure we just reviewed that one <laughs> okay yeah, yeah okay some some negative points need to be assigned here still i i like the idea of bringing back a classic foe that's wonderful i mean we we obviously adore it whenever the master shows up we assign a certain element of respect to an episode that has Rassilon because that harkens back to something classic as well and it's this recurring nemesis so why not do the same with omega unfortunately he doesn't reappear not in tv land anywhere okay yeah this is it he's, yeah, he's I, in it for two i mean that's not to say he won't appear in the future but hitherto he hasn't reappeared i think that i think that's a shame like it's an interesting character definitely I, yeah I, absolutely i yeah. enjoyed it and his like his story and himself in this serial I think I just find it slightly odd that, yeah, literally 10 years later, you drop a character in here without much explanation. I guess it's not that important, but like it's it's more of a, a yummy Easter egg for the, the good fans that have been watching it for the, for the last 10 years. But anyone else, it's going to yeah, be like, yeah, that's true. who is this guy? Do I, do I care? I don't know. I mean, maybe he is one of these chaps who has, ex- he commands exactly the level of authority to reappear on the show every t- 10 years or so. Maybe. Yeah. Either way, I agree with you. He is an interesting character. By the way, <laughs> we've hardly mentioned any arguments pro or con, but I'm already kind of enjoying this serial more than I did, let's say, an hour ago. <laughs> That's entirely thanks to you. Okay, I'm doing something right there. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely in the right territory of saying pretty much everything in Amsterdam is crap, which is a shame because I quite enjoyed that they were filming in Amsterdam. Especially, you know, just the first scene is like, hey, it's Amsterdam. That looks really cool. I wonder why why they had this in Amsterdam to begin with. And the, <laughs> the story was originally set in London. This is from Todd's Wiki Trivia. Okay. So it was transposed to Amsterdam. And um, it's not the same way that City of Death, for example, takes place in Paris. Because in Paris, you have the Louvre, and in the Louvre, you have the Mona Lisa, yeah. the La Gioconda. So it makes sense to put that in Paris. And then it's just like an added bonus that everyone gets to go to Paris who's on the production crew and they get to, you know, have a fun day out or a fun weekend. But here, there's no reason for this to be in Amsterdam. No. Which leads me to believe that someone wanted to go to Amsterdam for other purposes. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Yeah, exactly. Pretty likely. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a fun bit of trivia. Peter Davison claimed that he was planning to use a dildo he purchased in Amsterdam as a weapon to kill Omega, but because they they were running behind schedule, he didn't get a chance. (laughs) Okay, he's gone way up in my esteem now. (laughs) Right? What a dude. Well, I mean, imagine him just like walking up to <laughs> Eric's award or John Nathan Turner or someone like, hey, uh, so, um, hey, JNT, I bought this massive dildo. <laughs> How about instead of using the laser prop, the laser gun prop that we had production crews and BBC built for us? How about I just like whack him over the head with this massive plastic dong? <laughs> <laughs> and JNT is just like, no, I'm sorry, we're running behind schedule. <laughs> Yeah, but what what is the argument? That doesn't really win the, the argument, does it? It's like um, no, exactly. Like no, there wasn't I've, enough time. Yeah, I've got this giant dildo. It's already made. Like we don't have to go and make another one. It's here. Look, I just I just run up and yeah. hit him. <laughs> that sounds like an excuse that the production team had to give Peter Davison because Peter Davison was so adamant they use a dildo. <laughs> it's like I'm so, Peter. It's a great idea. We love it, but we just don't have time. <laughs> yeah, there's no time. Like we'd no, have but to I have change this dildo. Of, you don't understand. Has to change over lighting. You know, all the the cue marks would be different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Anyway, there are more things about Amsterdam, but maybe I'll drop them in now and then. Oh, please do, please do. Yeah, I've, I, having, like, uh, you asked me actually. I think, I think we briefly talked about Colin Baker, and then I didn't actually answer to say I did not oh, yeah. know he was in this serial. It was a complete and total shock to me, and yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Really, like, I thought this was such a interesting thing. Like, it's not that long until he gets to be the sixth Doctor. You're right. Yeah. And he's playing a Time Lord as well. Like, how are they going to sweep that one under the carpet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I have no idea. I, I look forward to seeing when he turns into the Sixth Doctor, when he regenerates. I look forward to seeing if we get an, a similar reaction to the one that Capaldi had when he looks himself in the mirror and kind of goes, you know, I rec- recognize this face. Why this face? I wonder if the Sixth Doctor will do something. So I was like, yeah, but why did I choose the face of a man who clearly was after me? You know, who wasn't a particularly wasn't particularly nice to me. He shot me at one point. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. Or possibly they're just going to bank on no one recognizing him because in this one he occasionally wore a helmet. <laughs> you know, the, the, just like Michael Goff. I mean, Michael Goff. Fine, he's wearing different attire, but he still looks like Michael Goff. You know, but no one's going. But that's the uh, celestial toy maker. Why is the toy maker on Gallifrey? No one's saying that because everyone assumes that it's a different character. Yeah. So I knew that Colin Baker was going to be in Classic Who before he played the Doctor, but I didn't know when it was going to be. I had no idea. I didn't even know with which Doctor. And then, I mean, I assumed it was either the the fifth or the sorry the the fourth or the fifth, but. When this came around, I'd totally forgotten about it. All of a sudden, Colin Baker shows up on screen and I like blew a fuse. I was so happy. <laughs> what a guy. What a fantastic guy. And he delivers such a performance. Yeah. He steals every scene he's in, that's for sure. Yeah. I think this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you kind of he is a kind of bastard, but he's he plays a character you kind of love to hate. And then when the Castellan and Maxwell investigate and realize, you know, Doc well, not that Doc's innocent, I think, but the the plot isn't as it seems, sort of thing. And mm. they like kind of switch things up a bit and start helping out as it were like suddenly you see you see that he's just doing what's best for Gallifrey like he's he's one of those characters that is just yeah I'm gonna do the hard job I'm just gonna enforce things that need enforcing and if you show me evidence to say I should be doing something differently I'll do that too you like I'll just do the right thing and as yeah I think it works really well I think you love to hate him and then you kind of warm to him a little bit as well by yeah. the end. I'm with you yeah, I'm with you all the way dude <laughs> this yeah totally Totally on board. Which I also find, I, like, what we've heard about the Sixth Doctor, like, I don't know if you've heard differently, but when we've talked about it, I think, in, in reviews and stuff, which is not very often, it sounds like the Sixth Doctor is quite a harsh character as well. It'd be yeah. really interesting to see if it's a similar portrayal or, you know, if there's anything in the performance. I mean, if it is, I have a feeling I'm going to love the Sixth Doctor. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, every, everything I've heard of about him is also just to say that he's arrogant and unpleasant. Like, he's not the kind of person you would want to be your friend. Or rather, he's not the kind of person who wants to be your friend. <laughs> um, you know, that, that he, for example, his companions, his, he doesn't want to be friends with his companions. I, I don't know. I, I This is just based on hearsay, effectively. The character that we saw today in this serial very much embodies that. You know, he's just all about the job. He's not about the connections. He's not about making friends along the way. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> 
Have you ever seen Colin Baker in anything else? Not that I can think of, other than the, uh, what was it, the Five Doctors? That's like a com- the comedy thing that they did. Oh, yes. Yeah, like the Five on. Doctors reboot, so I can't remember yeah. what it's called now. Yeah, that's true. He was in that. He was in an episode of Blake 7. I just IMDb'd him. Let's see. Uh, he's in a Christmas Carol from 2015. He's in an episode of Star Trek Continues. The Five-ish Doctors reboot, that's what that, that's called. Yeah, I'm just scanning over his rap sheet and don't really recognize anything, to be honest. No, nor I. Oh, I want to I see more stuff with him. Yeah, so uh, Colin, what a dude. What a dude. Sawbones Hex. There must be I, something else you didn't like about this, though. Oh, sorry, go for it. Um, I didn't like the very end, although it did make me laugh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's come to the end. I I did write down a, an opening question for you, which is basically, is Doc being an utter bastard with the way he reacts to Tegan rejoining the TARDIS group? <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, also put it in the context of, A, there is no mention of Tegan by Nyssa or the Doc throughout the entire serial until she becomes part of the plot line. There's Correct. no There's no kind of like, oh... Um, it's sad that this is not here, or uh, sorry, Tegan's not here. Or um, C- compare it to when uh, what's his face, Adric was blown to smithereens. Yeah, when he crashed into the earth, like took a proper silent, you know, minute of silence at the start of the episode. Everyone's just totally bummed out. Exactly, you people are having the time of their lives. Tegan's finally out of the TARDIS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Nissa and Doc just get to do what they want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nissa's swigging sherry in the background. Doc is assembling a confetti cannon. Like it's, <laughs> it's. <laughs> people are not in any way burdened by her absence. You know what? I'll see your question. I'll raise you another one. His reaction at the end of this one. Do you think it implies that leaving Tegan behind was deliberate on his part in the last episode? I mean, I feel like 100% I have to think it is, which is really shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of like it in a weird way, but but also, no, Doc, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so so mean. Because <laughs> we... By like, the way, there's no word from her either to say like, oh, you you left me behind. Why no, did you leave true, me actually. behind? Yeah. And do we know how long a time has passed? Enough time for her to get fired. We know that. Yeah, but this is Tegan. Like, that could be <laughs> two days. <laughs> I guess it could be, actually, that she turned up back at her job and say, what What are you doing here? No, we fired you weeks ago. You didn't turn up Yeah, because you never showed up. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't so know. So there is it's that. Do you think? Really, yeah, I don't think it's really clear Sorry. how much time has passed. I think there are a couple of ways that they could have possibly not salvaged, but certainly improved the situation a little bit. One would have been obviously we have her going. Why did you leave me behind? Damn you! You know. The other one would be, oh, you came back for me. You knew that I was going to Amsterdam. Why else would you go to? Like, what are the what are the odds? That's. Such a redonkulous coinkydink that they happen to go to Amsterdam just as she's going to Amsterdam. She's not from Amsterdam. Like she has nothing to do with this city. Why would her cousin be drawn in? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. So she could have had a moment of assuming that they were there to pick her up because they accidentally left her behind in Heathrow. And we could have had a little bit of maybe like a comedic closer where she she says that and Doc kind of haphazardly takes credit for it, although obviously it was just a 
it was just a coincidence. Yeah, that could have been nice, actually. Because it could have been kind of a double thank you. Because they do, I guess, they go to Amsterdam because Doc meets her mind in the Matrix somehow. I'm not quite sure how Omega was yeah, putting Tegan's but... mind in the Matrix and stuff, but whatever. Wibble wobble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Isn't that like like almost uncomfortably erotic by the way but the way that it's all wibbly wobbly and they're just jiggling around (laughs) i mean like everything everything is undulating but then (laughs) there's something that uncomfortably and i want to say absurdly erotic about the image of in particular tegan but also peter davison just undulating and panting at the same time (laughs) i mean they're both just sort of taking it in turns to go oh Oh, whilst you know, turning into a sinus curve. <laughs> yeah, deeply arousing, especially with Doc in cricket gear. Great, good stuff. <laughs> I think he was particularly kind of lounged back as well, so his um, his hips were sort of thrusting more than they would normally if he was just like stood up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Tegan sort of almost suspended in in, yeah. in a kind of Christ pose. Yeah, like something's under her elbows lifting her up yeah exactly elbows that's it so wait hang on so you were saying so they meet up inside the matrix yeah so it's not just a you know coincidence that they go to amsterdam they go to amsterdam because shit's happening and tegan is the coincidence that tegan's been wrapped up in it but tegan gives them the information oh you know what you're right so but still they go to amsterdam and rescue tegan in the process of obviously saving the universe you know by the by but I don't even recall there being much of a kind of like, hey, you save the day, Doc. Uh, you know, there's, there's just not enough exchange in general of they're meeting each other again. Even if she's not going to travel with them, it's still like a, a very, you know, interesting chain of events has led them together. And yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, very right. under-delivered. I'm so sorry. I completely take it back. There is there is no reason for them to go to Amsterdam had it... Oh, sorry, there would be no reason for them to go to Amsterdam had it not been for Tegan in the Matrix telling them to go to Amsterdam. So you're absolutely right. I'm so sorry. I'm completely wrong. Aside from there being no acknowledgement of them having rescued the entire... Not just... Sorry, I was going to say the human race, but like saved the entire universe, the matter universe, there's also no fanfare from the Gallifreyans. The Time Lords don't go... Well done, Doctor. We tried to execute you, but you saved the day. There's nothing. <laughs> no, not like... What kind of plan is that, by the way? What, what, what kind of plan is that, by the way? Like, oh, wait, hang on. This bad guy wants to take over your body, so we're going to kill your body. <laughs> I mean, a pretty badass plan. <laughs> no. It's a horrible plan. <laughs> uh, last words? No, we don't have time. Sorry. What about this dildo? Sorry. Also, no time. Can I have a final meal? Nope. Sorry. We're going to put you on sort of under a flashlight. <laughs> then you're going to be done. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the ruthlessness of it. It's not like, the, I mean, this is the Time Lord's kind of mo that we're we're used to seeing that yeah they they do a lot of things that are hard to forgive and understand so it didn't shock me it was just like intriguing and uh, exciting that you know doc's being condemned like they see this as they're under immediate pressure to stop I don't even know. They call him the creature all the time. They don't. They don't know what they're dealing with. Something from the negative universe yeah, bonding with Doc, and it's like this will be the quickest way to stop that happening. But yeah, it's it's really it doesn't shit, seem like obviously. they gave it much thought. <laughs> no, it's just like oh, kill the dog. Yeah, I suppose we could do that. Yeah, let's do that one. Uh, yeah, anyone I mean... got? Oh, raise my raise my hand. Um, you know, we we could spend five more minutes thinking of another plan. No, no, no we just kill the dog. <laughs> yeah, we don't have time. We don't have time. And also, while you're at it, put that dildo away. We don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see that card. 
I want to see a cut of like um, I can't remember the names of all these guys. Let's say the Castellan, for example. <laughs> like, like, do we have do we have five minutes? And I was like, we, we don't have time f- to think of a better plan. And then like he clearly didn't even want to talk about a different plan. He's just like pulled out a dildo from behind his back, and he just like, quietly, discreetly puts it back behind his back. <laughs> like, oh, we don't have time. Okay, no worries. <laughs> That's really just made me think of the South Park movie where Saddam Hussein keeps bringing out the dildo in front of Satan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've forgotten that existed. Me too. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Some other Amsterdam references in uh, in the trivia. Uh, one is about the original storyline. Maybe I'll just read this one out in full. I've actually only uh, kind of skimmed this one. But this is... Another example, I think, of what we've seen before, trying to remember which other episodes we've discussed this, but we've certainly on on a number of occasions, we've discussed, here's the original version of the storyline, and it turns out it was something completely different. So here we go. The original storyline involved the Doctor suffering nightmares about his regeneration, which were actually a precursor to the arrival of an entity called the Avatar who takes on the Doctor's form and goes to Amsterdam. (laughs) Operating there as Neiman, the Avatar begins to take control of human minds, striving to create a form in which it will be able to permanently maintain its existence. The Doctor and Nyssa discover Neiman's plot when they land in a future version of Amsterdam, which is populated by robot guards called Sweepers, the elderly Resisters, and barbaric Anarchs. Realizing that history has been altered, they travel back in time to present-day Amsterdam, and there, the Doctor discovers that the Time Lord regeneration is the mechanism by which the Avatar is made manifest, and the Avatar is defeated when the Doctor relives his own recent regeneration. A beast cow over, you are welcome. Um, um, what? No, that's that's just a different story. Like, the only... No. The only word that's the same is Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, also Doctor. Well, yeah, I'm, obviously there are other words. That was my joke. <laughs> 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 Sorry. No, so, th- yeah, I mean, the, the similarity what? there is that someone takes on the Doctor's form and runs around Amsterdam. But it seems yeah. as though that little bit, which in this case was just the final chase, was the whole serial. And it wasn't Omega, it was a new person, but then that was the yeah. whole serial. Like, how? That can't have been the start of this script. Like, you may as well have just rewritten it from scratch. Like, from scratch. You don't change that. <laughs> To what we just saw, surely. I don't know, man. So, (laughs) transposing this to a completely different context, I've recently, at work, had a few bits of, like, really, in brackets, shit, close brackets, uh, marketing collateral, go through a number of different iterations, just like, can we just change this little bit? Can we just change this little bit? And what we have today is something completely different than what we had, let's say, three weeks ago. Like, straight up a different product. (laughs) Possibly the same thing happened with this script. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's pretty bonkers, though. I'm putting putting that on the table. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I just read an interesting bit of trivia, which has made oh. me... I'm not going to say it first, because I think we should just generally talk about Nyssa, maybe. And then yeah. this trivia might naturally expose itself. <laughs> oh. For now. I like the way you said expose itself. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, right, we'll start us off. Nyssa. I mean, I I thought she was really good in this. I thought this was the character and the 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 meat for the performance that we've been kind of waiting for. Is like because Hadric's not there anymore, Tegan's not there anymore. Like it was just her and the Doc being really intelligent people working together for the most part. Yeah, important note. Yes, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you, do you feel the same way? You, were you enjoying Nissa? I do, yeah. I think she was terrific. And I also have a bit of trivia that may... Oh, I hope this isn't the trivia that you were going to mention. Another character was meant to be in this. I is think that what that you're going to say? Is the trivia, yes. <laughs> oh, crap-a-doodle-doo. No, do it. it. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm usurping. Oh, dagnabbit. I'm so sorry. So Leela was originally meant to be in this serial. Yeah. On, in some prior draft, somewhere between the Anarchs, Resistors and Sweepers and what we got... There was a version with Leela, and because she was not in this, for whatever reason, um, some of her lines and actions were given to Nyssa. And so Nyssa in this serial has much more agency and is certainly more aggressive than she normally would be. And I think consequently, you and I both like her more <laughs> because all of a sudden she's more than just a human calculator. She is she's doing stuff. Like she's actively engaging with people. And I mean, that's something that we really applauded when, when Nissa, oh, sorry, when Leela was around, whenever Leela would sort of step out of her barbarian shell and actually interact with people, we loved it. We liked that contrast. She would ask questions, she would do things, she would shoot yeah. things. Yeah. I think not that that's the only thing that's good about Nissa here, but that's certainly one of the very, very uh, good things about her. Yeah, definitely. I think I read, I just read that bit of trivia and it kind of like a puzzle piece slid into place because Nissa is quite aggressive in this serial. Yeah. And I think I kind of liked it. It was, it was sort of warranted for the situation. It, it was a bit surprising, I think, at the start that she was quite as gung ho as she was, but it kind of, it kind of fit. And then it actually had a payoff at the end where Doc is being attacked by the Ergon and he's shouting at Nyssa to shoot and we no- we now kind of have all the setup for that where she's we been willing she's to do that in the it. past she's capable of doing it yeah yeah so yeah it, it worked and I I never felt like other than the aggressiveness I never felt like an, an actual kind of physical aggressiveness not a verbal aggressiveness I never felt the character of Nyssa had turned into Leela that's for sure so yeah I think they they did it well enough that Nissa was still Nissa, but they added in this extra kind of physicalness, like obviously behind a laser gun. But which, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think really changed her character too much. It still felt felt like it was an evolution of her, perhaps. Yeah, and she's also not. I mean, she's not as um, <laughs> sort of poorly educated as as Leela yeah, was. Exactly. Uh, she knows tons of. I mean, I say poorly educated. She's not. You know. A regular person like Leela was, she is still the like uber genius that Nissa is. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I think she was great in general, though. I think she had a fantastic interplay with the Doctor, and it was really nice to see how the Doctor works with just the one companion. Yes, like there's just one character, and how how this companion companion how Nissa works when she doesn't have to contend for screen time for airtime with the likes of Adric. Or Tegan, for that matter. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Like, I think I'm. Well, I'm hoping that they have learned their lesson, which uh, now Chibbers has got to learn they have again. Not. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to look up Tegan because Tegan is clearly coming back now, isn't she? So let's see yeah. how many. Oh, yikes, bananas! Because I think we looked this up before, and I because I was surprised that she got left behind in the last serial. I know, it's a weird thing. Right, so here we are. Which season are we on now? We're on season 20. Oh, yeah, this yeah is she's in it for the entire rest of Peter Davison. Yeah, that's why, that's why I had remembered that she was in yeah. his entire run. Dagnabbit. What about Nyssa? So I have a feeling that, I, I mean, I, I don't know for certain, but I have a feeling that there is a different companion who shows up with Peter Davison's. I mean, at some point, I know that there's like a robot companion who shows up. 
And I, I, and I, I just know this that. from still images. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't know if it's... Hmm. Well, we, we, it we shouldn't speculate too, too much, but I got the feeling maybe no, it was just true. a serial, maybe a serial or two. It wasn't like a long-term oh, maybe. thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, cool. I mean, I've, I've now looked ahead. I've looked okay. ahead at how, how much more Nissa we have. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. The the only thing I would I would say, actually, with the revelation that, you know, things were written for Leela and then adjusted to be uh, under Nissa's remit, is I do wonder if yeah. there are a few few occasions, I think I maybe noted two exactly, but I think there might have been more, where the Doctor is very dismissive to Nyssa. I think even almost at the end of an otherwise normal exchange, he kind of just, like, at one point, literally just tells her to go wait in the TARDIS. And that didn't quite fit. And I could, I can kind of imagine... Maybe not Tom Baker's Doctor, but this Doctor doing that to Leela. I think I could see oh, that kind of yes. happening. Uh, but it didn't... I think you're right. It, it jumped out at me, definitely, of him saying that to Nyssa. Oh, I love that. Yes, you're so right. I can totally see that happening. Because I feel like actually... Did you do something similar with... Um, oh, oh, no, sorry, go for it. I was going to say, like, I feel like this Doctor and Leela would be in a very interesting combination. I'm not quite sure if they would work. I think they might antagonize each other quite a bit. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but that might be super entertaining. He's yeah. so posh, uh, and she's a brute. Love it. Oh, it could be like a Pygmalion situation. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, in um, is it Four to Doomsday? Does he not have something similar with Adric? Doesn't he go, Adric, go, not, not go to the TARDIS because they're not allowed back into the TARDIS. But he's like, Adric, stay here, you fucker. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then I think possibly Nissa shows up as well. Nissa or Teen, I can't remember who it is now, but I remember that we talked about it at the time. And they also go... Adric, you son of a bitch, stay here, don't go anywhere, we hate you, and you're a shit. And he doesn't want to go anywhere, and they punch him, and he like, <laughs> falls to the ground. So, But if at some point, Peter Davison's Doctor, if the if the Fifth Doctor does that as well, then that would mirror what he does with Nyssa here. That would be a, hey, go back to the TARDIS, hey, go back to your room, stay in this room. I mean, I guess... Fuck in, you and your maths badge. In a way, there's there maybe there is a precedent, but I think it's one thing when it's Adric... And he's being an asshole. <laughs> it's another one. It's fair enough. Yeah, Nissa, and I'm pretty sure she's. This is all in the context of um, he's being, you know, tried and executed. She's yep. fighting to free him. They clear his name, sort of thing. And she's at his side throughout all of this. She's helping left, right, and center. Doesn't really put a foot wrong. And then at one point, yeah, he's just like, no, go wait in the TARDIS. Like, and I think maybe even just like refers to as a girl at some point. It's just like, now see here, girl, or, or you know, that kind of language. And yeah. Oh, I've, I missed that. I didn't know that. That's not I think. okay. Oh, that's not nice at all. I might. Hmm. I'm kind of glad that maybe I I've that. got that a bit wrong, but it, it, it's that kind of feeling. I was anyway. very tired when I watched part two of this four part. <laughs> so tired that I was, I had originally, this is last night, I originally intended to watch all four parts back to back. And towards the end of part two, I was just straight up falling asleep. So I had to cut it short and watch the other half today. But so if I missed it, <laughs> that's my excuse. I'm sorry. No, I, I have to put my hand up. That's totally wrong. Doctor doesn't say that. Lots of people refer to Ivan Nissa or Tegan as a girl in this serial. But Doc, oh, really? isn't, Doc isn't one of them. It's mainly okay. Omega. Well, you know or, what? Well done, Doc. Uh, Maxil or Castellan. I think they all are very flippant with that word. So apologies. No, no. No need to apologize. 
I have a couple of questions that I was um, that, that were contenders for introductory question. Okay. I could pop quiz you. I could ask you some questions and you can see if you can answer them. Okay. Hey, pop pickers. All right. <laughs> Here's Leon with question one. <laughs> How did you feel about the abundance of pointy stick acting? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually kind of forgot about that by the end. But I genuinely thought something was going to happen with the thing that... This is Hedin when he's when you don't know who he is. Back to camera. Exactly. And they're trying yeah. to make it interesting. <laughs> Have him switch hands. He's now holding... What, what, is it, what is it that he's holding in his hands? I don't know. Is it is one it of the, the laser guns? the world's shittest pen. <laughs> is it a laser gun? I wasn't what sure is if he it holding was... a laser gun like when he's in a phone call? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, when I just juggle my gun threateningly. Um, Bob, look, we're just here for the stand-up meeting. Put your gun away. <laughs> yeah, put that dildo away while you're at it. We don't have time. <laughs> this might be your best running gag ever. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That The pointy stick acting is... I mean, it's not even a stick, whatever it is. I thought maybe it's a key or it's like a Califrain USB stick or something. But then like, yeah. it's like... Moving it from hand to hand, they do a wide shot. All of a sudden, he's holding it in the diff- in a different hand. <laughs> it's just there's so m- he's doing so he's so expressive. You know, there's so much gesticulation. It's incredible. <laughs> Love it. But I'm right, aren't I? That it isn't a thing that appears anywhere. It's it's not a plot. No, device. I think you're completely right. I yeah. don't think that has plays any part. I think that stick is a stand-in for Alfred's face. They're like, hmm, what can we do? <laughs> we really want to show that it's Alfred, but we also shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, another question for you. Have you ever seen a more shit stun gun? What do you mean? So, you know, they have the Gallifreyan guards, they have the stun guns. Yeah. Two people are stunned with this gun. One is the doc. The other one is one of the guards. That's when, when Nissa Leela's one of the guards oh, with yeah. the stun gun. And it turns out, like, you are stunned for a grand total of seven seconds. I think that actually, that like, might be six generous. Six to seven seconds. I think Doc yeah. was stunned no, for right. two seconds. <laughs> It's it's not even a stun gun, it's a fallover gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step out of the way or I'll fire a fallover bullet at you. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, shoot you and that's it. in a way that feels like I'm pushing you over. <laughs> <laughs> like in a very focused place. Like I'm pushing you with my index finger, with like a pull cue. But with only the force that you would use with a pull cue. <laughs> yeah. So that I quite liked. That was great. By the way, I'm now really digging in this episode. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Good. you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got more questions. Okay, hit me, hit me. Unless you want to go with something else. Uh, I, I could give you you a question if you want. Oh, yeah. Dude, um, question me. Uh, did you did you spot, and if you did, did you enjoy the vault hiding? <gasps> I think I know exactly, I hadn't thought about this, but now I'm, I believe I know exactly the scene you're thinking of. Is it after Nissa has Leela to that guard, and Doc and, and Nissa, aka not Leela, Neela, Go Neela. into just an alcove. Everyone walks past, and they like literally <laughs> the best. Vo- oh, thank you yeah. so much for bringing that up. I would not. I would have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, ding, 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 ding. That is exactly the right um, scene I was thinking of. So, well done. Nice. <laughs> and I'm very glad you enjoyed thank it. Thank you too. very much. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it was totally ridiculous. And there's like six guards that actually stood in front of the alcove for a really long time. Just kind of going, yeah. 
where could they possibly be? And I think Maxwell then like walks up the corridor towards camera to take a call, like you know, a, a Dick Tracy. He takes watch it, yeah, call. you're yeah. right. No, he does take a call. He's like, uh, chaps, hang on, I got to take this. Yeah. <laughs> I told you never to call me on this number. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we were to talk to a cinematographer about this, as in, sorry, the cinematographer about this, they would go, what you don't understand is that the alcove has an alcove, and they're hiding in that alcove. <laughs> I mean, quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. I love it. Vault hiding. Oh, we really, I, I, I so regret not having done this. I mean, now we're however many, 400, nearly 400 episodes in. I really regret not, not having tagged every episode that features Vaud hiding. Oh. That would have been such a good thing to keep track of. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, Podcast Land. If anyone fancies giving me a full list of every episode that features Vaud hiding, then just like, let her rip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see your question. I'm going to raise you another one. Here you go. How long would you say, give or take, do you need to spend in an antimatter universe before you find a pipe organ that entertaining. What? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're all about dodos again. No, <laughs> we don't have time, Jim. No, in, in Amsterdam, <laughs> when um, not Peter Davison is running around, he has that moment where he's he oh. walks up to like a street organ, which has attracted a whole crowd because in 1982, this is like people are really into street organs. And um, he has that really awkward scene where a small underage boy unaccompanied by his guardians steps up and they sort of lock eyes. It's really awkward. They're both equally blocked and equally blue-eyed. It's just like, I don't know how I feel about this. Can can we please pan in a different direction? He smiles at the at the kids. He listens to the pipe organ. And, and that's it. And then he just walks away. We never find out what happens to the kid. Um, but like, I mean, in general, I mean, is it is it that... I mean, no. I don't understand. Like, no one, even on Earth, is that fascinated by pipe organs. Is it, Am I using the right term? Is that not a pipe organ? You know what I mean. No one on Earth in 1982 sure is that fascinated by one of those. No. I mean, it's an entirely ridiculous scene for many reasons. Yeah. yeah. The fascination of the pipe organ, definitely. The Exactly. The kid is not just a kid. He's a fucking brat that just barges into this little crowd. Yeah, he like Donald Trump's his way past <laughs> yeah. Peter Davison. <laughs> and then Omega doesn't smile at the kid. He attempts to smile. Like, it's a weird scene that's trying to basically say, yeah, he's in he's in the universe again with matter. He's experiencing like life as we know it, and he's starting to enjoy things again, whilst basically on the run and in danger of exploding or something. I don't know. He stops, yeah, and goes, ah, this new face of mine, I'll see if it can smile. Hey, kid, look at this yeah, smile. But... <laughs> I'm really happy. <laughs> but, I mean, he is, he is a horrible criminal, for starters. So I, I guess maybe this humanizes him in a way, and not to be racist towards non-human intelligent life forms. But, you know, in, you know in, in a way it humanizes him because he enjoys music and he enjoys the company of a child. Weird, but uh, <laughs> he does. But it would have been so much more realistic to me if, He's just come out of an eternity in the antimatter universe. He's suddenly corporeal. Uh, the first thing he does is, like, he's in Amsterdam. The first thing he does is either go to the red light district or go to a coffee shop and get stoned. <laughs> like, the, all he wants to do is, you know, have some, in, in, enjoy his corporeal form again. Yeah. Why y'all said this in Amsterdam? <laughs> So the crew could do those things. In, <laughs> they don't need to they film did. anyone doing I that. have no doubt. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt. <laughs> 
Trivia time. Edwards Sword. Oh, oh, we've been told on a couple of occasions now how to pronounce this. I'm so sorry. I don't. I still don't remember. Do you remember Edwards Sword? I know. Sword. Seaward. Edward Sword claimed that John Nathan Turner, JNT, wanted to film in Amsterdam for no rhyme or reason, and that all you could do is run around the streets. <laughs> I mean, they do that Eric's Ward, clearly, a lot. Sorry, they do. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Ward clearly quite innocent. Jonathan, John Nathan Turner, possibly not so, <laughs> not so innocent. Yeah, it does. It does sort of feel like I know. I mean, Amsterdam is known for the canals, and I've been a number of times and couldn't necessarily pluck a landmark out where you would show that on screen and everyone would go, ah, that's Amsterdam, other than just here's a canal with narrow streets either side and tall buildings. You know, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. In that sense, I guess they do show off Amsterdam, but it doesn't feel like they treated it the same way as they did with Paris. Like Paris felt like a proper kind of love letter to Paris. This didn't feel like it was just Amsterdam was a random backdrop. Like, I mean, exactly like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, just, exactly. I'm rehashing your point. I mean, I'm most sorry. of the stuff that happened in... I'm sorry? I, I'm just rehashing your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> uh, I have another question for you. Oh, go for it. Yeah, what happened to not allowing outsiders onto Gallifrey? Did that change at some point? Was that just bullshit? Thank you. Yes. Oh, I forgot to ask you about this. You're right. They're so accommodating of Nyssa. Like, they actually give her a really heartfelt welcome. Yeah. And it's so strange. Like, later on, when um, when Sawbones Hex is like, uh, dude, I'm going to like shoot. No, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's not Colin Baker. Maybe it's someone else. In fact, it might be, um, uh, what's his face? Alfred. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna laser the shit out of you. Looks at Nissa. I might even laser. Like I could laser even you, as though you know you're a guest on this world. Yeah. And but even despite that, I may still laser the shit out of you. That's <laughs> such a good point. Yeah. Aren't you all meant to be xenophobic bastards? <laughs> Indeed. I yeah. yeah. I feel like they've just swept that aside because I've forgotten how. Leela was treated like I remember a lot of running around and obviously her trying to stab people and stuff but she's <laughs> she's now there like they they mention her in passing even though she didn't get to be in the serial because Louise Jameson wasn't available yeah and so she's living on Gallifrey so maybe she's been the instigator and relaxed all their xenophobia <laughs> we just love Leela she, she's so great <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, I did also notice that you're right I totally forgot about it. What is it like in New Who? I don't really remember what it's like there. Are we ever told that non-humans, sorry, non-Gallifreyans are not welcome on Gallifrey? Because we've had, like, relatively recently, we've even had episodes where Clara, for example, is on Gallifrey, or trying to remember if any other companions actually have been to Gallifrey, but it does happen in New Who as well. Yeah. Yeah, with the 13th Doctor, all of that, well, that's sort of almost post-Time Lords civilization, so maybe that doesn't really count. I think a lot of the time it's more, yeah, the Doctor or, yeah, the Time Lords have been destroyed, or it's in a tiny bit of Gallifrey. Like, Clara's basically just in a couple of rooms, is she? Yeah. After she's been restored. I, I forget exactly. I'm not sure if they ever kind of explicitly dwell on the the past xenophobia of the time lords no i don't think so so at this juncture i would like to blatantly steal uh, a segment from uh, one of our co-hosts and instigate mm-hmm. uh, a little segment i'm gonna call holiday do's and holiday don'ts <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, you're you're going on holiday to meet your cousin in Amsterdam, and yep, someone who claims to know your cousin meets you at the airport, but won't immediately explain why your cousin isn't there. Do you go? Uh, hang on a minute, I'm just gonna find a phone box or something, talk to my cousin, try and work out who the hell you are, where my cousin is, what's going on. Or do you just go, oh, that tracks, I'll go with you gladly. I think that depends. Are you Tegan or are you a rational human being? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. She just believes him flat out. They don't know each other, do they? From before, I mean. Uh, Yeah, they they do not know each other in the slightest. I think he basically works out it's her because she's looking a bit lost and he just says her name. Why do they... Aren't they meant to get on a... In the beginning, when they are seen in Amsterdam, like the first scene of them is the other guy, not Colin, the other guy, stepping into a phone booth, talking to someone and going like, yeah, I guess we'll go to the airport tomorrow. Oh, no. That must be Colin talking to his cousin then, talking on the phone, going, oh, yeah, we'll be at the airport tomorrow. Uh, I think I was so immediately annoyed with both of them. I didn't pay attention to what they were saying. But yes, I think so. <laughs> I think I completely mixed them up, by the way, because in my head, this also made no sense. But I, because like I said, I thought I didn't realize it was Colin, but it must be Colin. Yeah, I think you're right. So he goes, I think he just steps into a phone booth, randomly calls his cousin in Australia. By the way, pretty long journey from Australia to Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, hang on. She's not coming from Australia. She's coming from London. Yeah, she's probably coming from London. Yeah. So so he randomly calls his cousin in London and goes, hi, we've lost our passports, which, by the way, never picked up again. That doesn't factor in. I thought for sure that was going to factor in. And she goes, oh, I'm coming to Amsterdam to see you. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll meet you at the airport. The reason my intonation is changing, Jim Cakes, is because I'm realizing as I'm saying this, it makes even less sense than I anticipated. So they, what the shit? Why is she coming to Amsterdam? They're not like based in Amsterdam. She She doesn't even have luggage. She says that she lost her job and she came to see her favorite cousin. But they're like interrailing. They're going to be in Amsterdam for like, let's say, two more days tops. And she has not even brought a suitcase. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other, you know, holiday or holiday. You know, if you... uh, Yeah, you're right. If you're coming... Or holiday. Coming to holiday. Yeah. Uh, Do you bring a suitcase full of stuff to um, have a fun time with? Or do you just have one outfit that's not going to suit you very well if it turns a bit cold? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> or if you encounter a, a fabulous ergon straight out of Beetlejuice and you just straight up soil yourself. <laughs> In which case you have to change clothes. <laughs> it's recommended to at least. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's a solid question. <laughs> Good point. Okay, here's a question for you then. Something that I think you might feel um, somewhat passionate about. Oh, okay. Because you have brought this up on prior occasions with Peter Davison. See if you can spot the similarity in, um, I was going to say the Black Dahlia. You know what? Black Orchid, that's what it was called. In Black Orchid, they're arrested and Doc's just like, all right, that's fine. I have no counter arguments. Lock me up. On some other occasion, you also brought this up. I now fail to remember which episode this was in. (laughs) And in this one, Doc is about to be executed, as in like he's arrested. They go, the the only thing that we can do is we can execute you. He doesn't really put up a fight. But he... Oh, but? He does put up a fight in a previous in, um, 
instance, I think. When he's actually brought to his execution, he doesn't. And Nissa yeah. comes in all gung-ho, literally having shot her way into the execution room. And he talks her down because when he meets with Omega, he, he basically didn't expect to get executed. He thought there was some other plot happening. You're right. And that's, yeah, this is why actually, well, one of the reasons... Why I really liked the character of the Fifth Doctor and Peter Davison's portrayal in this serial. I thought he did a cracking job. I think mm. this was a, a a Doctor that I enjoyed watching as well, and it felt more commanding without occasionally being a bit, you know, dismissive to to Nissa. But he generally knew what was going on. It was that lovely kind of feeling where you were half let into you know the, the all the ins and outs that the Doctor is kind of like seeing above, and we just can't work it all out yet in a way that's not too annoying it's not too um impossible for us to have picked it all up as well and the doctor's just a genius it was just like a little bit above us it was just kind of like oh i see doctor's just kind of like he's aware that something else is happening oh yeah okay he knows he's not gonna die here and i like that oh you're so right yeah i didn't consider that yeah because yeah exactly he must just realize oh this is not the end it's fine i will i will find my way back out of this somehow and it was also it was the established fashion as well of like, Doctor doesn't know exactly what's going to happen. He just expects something to happen. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Nice. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> my rating is going higher and higher over here. This is good. Good stuff. Okay, let's see. Uh, hmm. Maybe it will go down after this. I'm not sure. <laughs> because okay. there's there's a moment in this serial which I really do not understand. Intrigued uh-huh. if I've just missed something or if there is you know another take on it, perhaps. So, Hedden is the... The Time Lord traitor who loves to just yep. gesture with his pointy stick. Correct. And the last act that he performs is saving the doc's life. Yes, but I don't think that he's trying to save the doc's life because he has a change of heart, if that's what you're implying. I'm not really implying anything. I just I didn't understand why he did it. Because I think so this is towards the end. I mean it's, I have a theory. It's basically the cliffhanger. But the start of episode four, someone says to Omega, I think Doc says to Omega, like basically you needed head in or maybe even Barusa says it. Like they're convinced that you know heading was crucial, and Omega reacts as if heading was crucial. But anyway, what's your theory? Yeah, that's true because he's like heading was his buddy. He was his his only ally. Yeah. in our universe, I think. I think the reason that heading it's a good question. I think heading saves Doc for one reason and one reason only, and that is because he expects his master, Omega, to take over Doc's body. So Doc's body cannot be destroyed. Uh, okay. I think that's it. But then Hmm. that bullet, or that laser blast, is lethal. And up until now, all the laser blasts that they have used have been highly non-lethal, as we have already discussed. I think that was an intentional change, though, because Castellan enters thinking that Doc is still part of the plot. He doesn't think the plot is what what it was originally, That's true. but he thinks you know Doc is working with um, the creature. Uh, I think they're still referring to him at this point, and yeah, he should still be executed. And this is meant to be the Castellan executing Doc, I think. But the problem with that logic, though, and I agree that's probably what they were trying to do in that scene, that Hedin is protecting the vessel sort of thing, is that obviously, whilst it's still unstable, Omega just turns into the Doctor. He doesn't have to take over the Doctor's body. I'm not sure. Maybe that was the thing that was missing. I don't know. It didn't seem clear to me that that was what was missing. It felt like it all went as planned, but then there was just a little bit wrong at the end because Doc interfered with... Oh, that's true. Uh, that other other wibble-wobble device, you know. 
It, is is it that it might have worked if he had taken over Doc completely, as in like properly subsumed his physical being? I don't know. It just seemed it seemed like presented at the end that they would have just existed in the same form. It really did, yeah, that's true. But then it's not stable, over. and he's slowly but surely turning. Sorry, but there wasn't any attempt to like take. It's not like we we had seen the previous thing where it looked like he was kind of temp, uh, taking over the body, and then they get rejected and then the execution thing it has the same kind of flashing between omega and doc and then they disappear yeah um but this this bit where you know he just takes it like he's like i'm stable now he takes his fake suit off i don't know why he's wearing this suit i guess it's a antimatter fantastic helmet antimatter keeper in a <laughs> i don't know Maybe. He was wearing an awesome helmet in uh, The Three Doctors as well. He was wearing like a proper Lord Buckethead, like a really oblong helmet. It was fantastic. Nice. But I, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm not sure about this. So, the, I mean, when he takes on Davison's form at the end of this serial, it's not stable. And he is gradually turning more, like he's reverting into his antimatter form. And the problem is that if, if antimatter is in our universe, apparently, according to the logic of this show then our universe will be unmade to some degree. Yeah. So we can't allow it to be there. Is it that the risk of that happening was lesser had he taken over Doc entirely? But that because there was still a tiny sliver of a risk, therefore the Time Lords went like, you know what, we're just going to kill him. And also, couldn't he just have done this with anyone else? Why did he have to choose the Doctor? The problem isn't that it's the Doctor. The problem is that there's a fucking Omega out there who's trying to take over people in our universe. Yeah, I mean... um, it's very early on, like literally the first scene, the fourth line of dialogue that oh, head yeah, in as, mean, yeah. as just traitor Time Lord. I'm, I'm looking at the transcript actually to, to get this. It's saying it's not been easy, but time, present location, personality, for these and other reasons, it must be the Doctor. I mean, it's a big hand wave, right? but they've prescribed <laughs> that the Doctor is the only vessel that will work for whatever reason. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I am too. I have a doctor's. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Doctors are often, you know, isolated as being special. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, fine. <laughs> that's completely fine. Yeah, I just, I just, I feel like there's a, a bit of a cock up here that by the end of the story, there didn't seem to be an attempt on Omega's part to be taking over Doc's body. It, at that point, he's just sat there glooping away, thinking that Doc's just on Gallifrey. And I don't know, it didn't seem like they were linked in any way. It didn't seem that... I wouldn't have imagined if that had gone to plan, Omega would have just popped up in Doc's, Doc's body. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. <laughs> in Doc's body, wherever Doc was, you know, and Doc ceases to exist. It seems like it, it was pre-programmed that he was just taking a copy of it almost i don't know just seemed weird yeah yeah true which makes the whole heading uh, seem weird uh, yeah I, I mean it's just a bit of a negative not wholly explored territory i think yeah bad script edit do you want to do cliffhangers you've kind of touched upon cliffhangers do you want to do that and then maybe we jump into ratings sounds like or do you have some other points that you want to go through uh no that sounds like spiffing idea to me so yeah we basically just talked about mm. the first one no we didn't we have brushed up against the first one no. the first one being that hey all hey the guy we love to hate has been chasing around after the doc they come face to face the doc says hello i'm the doctor maxwell says zap <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yep. That's that's a good ending. Come on. <laughs> Fantastic ending. I agree. Yeah. 
Um, slight shame that then, yeah, we, we run into the, oh, there's not a lot of juice in these stun guns because Doc just gets up straight afterwards. He's <laughs> like, you may as well have just put some banana peel on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, he slipped. Oh, it's fine. He got back up yeah. again. <laughs> uh, episode two is the execution scene. So we see yeah. Omega's form appearing in the beam and then blip, no one there. Doc's gone. Oh my God. Yeah. And that fantastic uh, line of Colin Baker's judgment has been carried out, Lord President. So deadpan, by the way. Oh. Like there's no, he doesn't say it gleefully. He doesn't have, you know, take any enjoyment out of saying this or out of doing it. He just reports it. As you said very astutely before. He just carries out his job. Yeah, cool dude. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, a lot of these cliffhangers are not really resolution per se, but yeah, I don't think anyone's expecting Doc to be dead. And so it's not a shocker in the start of episode three that you see him floating around in the Matrix. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's been transferred to the end of Interstellar. But it's such <laughs> a weird thing that... Uh, sorry if I just pulled that for you. But it, it, it's such a weird thing, though, that they don't stick with it, you know? that they don't linger, they don't wait to reveal this. I mean, in all of these episodes, so in part one, you know, he gets lasered. We could wait until halfway through part two to realize, or, you know, to be told that actually he's fine. It was it was just a stun. But instead, we, like, we find out immediately, he gets up immediately. Part two ends, he gets killed. Part three immediately starts, no, he's fine, he's still yeah. alive. So would just sit on the tension a little while, you know, just, just enjoy it, edge it, edge us. <laughs> I think that's a that's a fair critique and uh, a good analogy. Right? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's quite a dense serial, actually. Certainly the first three episodes. I mean, episode four is just filled with running. But uh, Marie was half watching some of this and could overhear you know, bits of dialogue, would see, see the odd thing. And was just kind of gobsmacked. It's like, wait, it's not over yet. That wasn't the cliffhanger. Like, because there were just so many, so many things that just feel like, oh my god, this is the end game. This is going to be the end of episode. And I think that that you know that that possibly kind of underwhelms some of the actual endings and the actual resolutions because it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Oh my god, this has so shot someone. Oh my god, someone's put a gun to Doc's head. Um, you know, all of those could have been you know, cliffhangers in their own right. You know, this kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so then the final cliffhanger, episode three, uh, we've got... Oh yeah, what's that? Uh, basically, what we just talked about with heading, jumping in and saving the dock, and then time has merely passed, oh, yes, which means course. that Omega... I don't know, Omega, con it's it's too late, cries Doc. Omega controls the Matrix, is, is my final note. Exactly, yes, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. But then what does he do in the Matrix? He doesn't do anything in the Matrix. <laughs> no. He was already in the Matrix before. It seems so weird. I, I mean, all the prior occasions that we have seen the Doc, the Doc was in the Matrix and Omega was already there. So yeah. he controls the Matrix. What does that mean? I mean, in terms of kind of high scale, you know, plot devices, it's kind of like, ah, it's too late. Omega has collected all the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's fine. Like, I'm not into Pokemon, so um, we'll just carry on with saving the universe in a different way, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and then part four starts with what? Uh, again, it's, yeah, it's not really a resolution, but the conversation between Barusa and Omega, where he says, you needed Hedden, and then Omega kind of goes, yeah, I did, and socks off, just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so a bit of a weird one. And and that's yeah, that's this is the bit where Doc shouts at Nissa to wait in the TARDIS. Oh right. Okay. Can't quite recall the context. So of it. overall, how do you feel about all these? I think they're Are you in favour of them? Mostly mostly good. I think the resolutions are a bit wishy washy, but that's normally to be expected. Yeah. Good stuff. I would say so, yeah. Definitely. So, uh, do you have anything more to add, or shall we rate this? I think we should rate this. I think that's a fantastic suggestion. Marvellous. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 Ratings. Well, it looks like I've lost the finger on tip of nose game this time, so I will be going first with my rating. Serves you right. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just going to rattle through some positive points to start with. Most of these I have probably already said. But yeah, I very much enjoyed Doc and Nissa working together, you know, getting shit done. The first, very first scene, we see them in the TARDIS and they're both kind of like repairing things or making other little gizmos and stuff. And it just seems like a really nice interplay. And that reoccurs, I think, in, in latter parts of the serial as well. And it was just, yeah, a glimpse into what you can have with a decent companion working closely without extra filler around the edges of other companions. And it was uh, yeah, entertaining. There were obviously a few yeah, few problems in there, but by the by, I kind of liked that the TARDIS was recalled to Gallifrey. I don't know the references, but I suspect there was a the mention of it being used twice before probably occurs directly with previous serials and when it has been used uh, i don't know if that tracks with you leon but i'm trying to remember that's a good good question does it does it not happen in invasion of time or possibly in uh, deadly assassin when they go to gallifrey i have a feeling that it does mm, happen in the three doctors by the way the first one with omega okay yeah it's, i think it's a nice little thing that well a they can do this and b they've done it before yeah it was good Next positive being Maxil, aka Colin Baker. Yeah, loved it. Great stuff. See, see above <laughs> recording, <laughs> and also see above for yeah. I enjoyed just the Time Lords in general. I think this a lot more than I have done before. They're not all just bastards. Even when they have turned on the dock, if you present the facts correctly, they like change their point of view. And yeah, it was a much more kind of rounded feel for what Gallifrey can be. Omega, I enjoyed in general, but I definitely approve of his blackmailing tactics in in the sense of being a good villain. Um, you know. <laughs> taking Tegan hostage and <laughs> you know torturing her not saying I approve of that act but you know that's what sure. I expect a villain to do and I like a villain to do that kind I mean, of stuff. I'm pretty sure we have this on the record now but okay fine <laughs> whatever you say <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah we talked already about Nissa having some Leela moments which was you know uh, semi-unintentional but I did enjoy Doc's disapproving Nissa when she actually grabs a gun the first time round you know it felt felt very on point yeah, so lots, lots of little things in there. And final final plus stuff, I just want to kind of do a quick shout out to the great costumes and effects in this serial. Like the, oh, yes. the Ergon nice. costume, the the Skeletor dinosaur. Like great stuff. <laughs> Looks a bit floppy when it's fighting, but otherwise great. Omega's get up, I really enjoyed. The Time Lord Counselor costumes are amazing as always. And then the effects. And the hair. The hair? Yeah, like, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to impinge on your mini, but like, Thalia has fantastic hair, for example. I didn't really notice. Okay, yeah. Plus points for that too. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Effects-wise, yeah, the, the general kind of negative effect they placed over Omega, I loved throughout. I thought it was done really well. The I think the scenes where it is like bonding or 
the execution scene, these beams being overlaid over the top. I thought they were really awesome as well. Omega again when he's turning into the antimatter. I thought actually it was that was quite nice makeup, and particularly when it was like full yeah. full all over. And I'm pretty sure they then swapped it back to the actor that was playing Omega rather than it being Peter Davidson playing him. Which and I didn't think it was. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think it was super obvious. I think they did it in a pretty good well way. And finally, when Omega gets shot and is dying at the end, lovely, loads of little explosions. I think they're called squibs, are they? You know, going off on his body. And Squibs are when they're blood uh, explosions, okay. when they're blood packs. And this is, uh, I know exactly what you mean. It was a fantastic scene. It was like, what are they called? Not, uh, oh, the little sticks you like have for like New Year's and stuff. Yeah, sort of, like the, the sparklers. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But, awesome scene. Yeah. But overlaid with a, you know, I don't know if it would have been digital back then, actually, but some kind of effect, you know, as well to make him disappear. Yeah. Great stuff. I, yeah. I felt like, and yeah, we didn't really touch on this, but, you know, this was a season opener. We're, a, you know, a, a year later almost than the last episode that we just reviewed. And it kind of felt like a lot had changed. It felt like they had um, found some new tricks up their sleeves, which was good. Yeah. There were some negatives of which we have addressed. And I think most of them sit in the shit plot holes or whatever, plot holes <laughs> or just general dodginess or crapness. Yeah, the the head in sacrifice, I, I don't understand. I think, think it kind of exposes a plot hole, really. The fact that Amsterdam is in any way connected to the Ark of Infinity I'm not buying it. Plus, what the hell is the Ark of yeah, Infinity? I mean, it's described as some gateway between dimensions. Fine, you can have some wibble and some wobble, but it's the name of this episode. It's a pop thing. It's really important. You're saying that Amsterdam is part of it. No, it's just stupid. <laughs> but the biggest thumbs down for me really was pretty much the whole of episode four. I mean, it's just running around Amsterdam. <laughs> 25% of this serial, to be clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. There are some plus points in episode four, but yeah, I I was on such a high watching episodes one to three, and then this was the payoff, and I was just like, oh, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've, so I've written down, I do have a final score, but I want to talk you through how I reached it, because I... Oh, here we go. I rated episodes one to three as a group 4.5 out of five. That's how much I was enjoying. Oh my goodness, what? (laughs) Okay, all right. And then episode four, I was like, no, like, what's happened? So I just went straight down the middle, like 2.5, fine. Episode four gets a 2.5. So average for the (laughs) four episode then is four out of five. But then we have discussed some problems. And so I've had to knock off some decimal points here and there. And so the final Uh score I'm putting down is... 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. 3.6. All right, Jim. <laughs> you have such a big heart. <laughs> Which you've shrunk with your claws. <laughs> I am very sorry because you have absolutely talked me up. <laughs> if you end up giving, <laughs> the same giving this a higher score now, this would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. I would like to point out before I jump into my bullet points that one of my introductory questions for you was going to be, what exactly is the Ark of Infinity? <laughs> because I think you're right. It, it's never substantiated. Somehow we didn't talk about this. But yeah, it's it's never really clarified. And if it's just because there are canals in Amsterdam, there are other cities with more canals. 
like Venice springs to mind, for example, or if you need water, like, I mean, either way, Amsterdam is not the place unless your director, showrunner, writer, cast and crew, one or all of the above really wants to go and get stoned. But yeah, anyway, okay, fine. I'll jump into my bullet points. Bullet point number one, Doc. This is literally just like a list of bullet points. Like, I don't forget about the character. So Doc, I really enjoyed him here. I think I'm getting more and more on board with Doc number five. He's still not Doc number four because he's not my Doc. Doctor, so he's, he, you know, I, I, I don't care about him in the same way because I'm not biased in the same way, but I really like him. And there was one scene, especially that I kind of want to call out. And that's when I think it's pre Vord hiding. They go down clearly the same corridor set, by the way, <laughs> they duck into the corridor and he starts to go away from the camera stops kind of gesticulates in the air and then confusedly turns away it turns towards the camera and runs past the camera. And it seemed like such a confused, yet at the same time, completely on the ball move. The kind of thing that you would very often associate with, well, I, I certainly would associate with the fourth Doctor. Mm. You know, kind of crazy, haphazard, clownish, but totally on the ball. I, I really liked that about him. Nissa, fantastic companion. Those two have great chemistry together. They would make a fantastic twosome team aboard the TARDIS. And it would be wonderful if that were the case going forward as well. Nope. Uh, alas, no. Uh, because Cause, next bullet point, Tegan. What the hell is Tegan doing in this one? <laughs> Why does she not get any mention at the start? Minus points. Why does she get to travel in the TARDIS at the end, even though Doc clearly doesn't want her there? Minus points. Why is it so... Inc- Why is there never even really a relationship between her and Nissa in this one? Minus points. Why is she traveling without luggage? Minus point. It really boggles the mind. I don't really get it. So, unfortunately, that's another companion who just drags the rating down. Adric. Oh, wait. Adric's not in this one plus points <laughs> um, Gallifrey and the Time Lords all of them Sawbones and Alfred all of them Thalia Thalia's hair great all of them loved the Time Lords good stuff Colin Baker in particular wowie what a chap I cannot wait to see him as the Doctor I'm really tempted to just YouTube Colin Baker in other stuff I want to see him do do something else Although I wonder if it's going to be easy to find him doing anything but the Doctor on YouTube. But still, I I want to see something with Colin Baker because he's clearly a phenomenal actor and such incredible presence on screen. Mm. There were so many entries in in the TARDIS Wiki trivia section which were just about how he played this role as though it were a show about him. Or he sh- he played the show as though, you know, it, it, I mean, members of the crew had to tell him, this is not your show. <laughs> well, You're too good, basically. <laughs> There's too much of you on screen when you are on screen. And I, I you got to respect that. What a, what a guy. Uh, Omega, costume, hats off and helmet on what a guy um the production value there as well i agree with you him melting away as he turns into the doctor and the explosions on his body when he dematerializes he both (laughs) he both both burns out and fades away this is like one of those rare cases when both (laughs) things happen what a guy and also the weird humanizing of a despot towards the end quite interesting but here's another question that i failed to ask you before Isn't that a TARDIS that he materializes in the crypt in, in Amsterdam? And isn't that Omega aboard it? So why doesn't he just do that? Yeah, I didn't quite understand. He's aboard a TARDIS with all of the humans. How? Yeah, how he was there happily kind of in the TARDIS in our universe. And then it's like, oh no, but I just don't want to wear the suit anymore. It's just really claustrophobic. (laughs) Is that the only thing? Is that literally the only thing? 
That seems so yeah, dumb. It was weird because he's in Amsterdam for ages. He is, but that's so that then segues me on to the next bullet point, which is Amsterdam, because the entire Amsterdam subplot was sub in so many ways. By the way, it turns out if you have psoriasis in Amsterdam, women will scream at you in horror, and dogs will bark at you. <laughs> like it, it doesn't seem like a great place to be. <laughs> The backpackers, they're so poorly acted, they're woefully underused, they're so ridiculously coincidental as a plot device, I just straight up don't want them in this serial. Ugh, yeah, don't don't like it. Also, like, why does Omega go, hey, because you were so nice to me and you told me under duress that you know the doctor, uh, here's your favorite cousin, old, uh, couldn't act his way out of a town square McGee, and then they all just hang out in his fucking TARDIS. No, minus points again. (laughs) So anyway, I guess, I'm sorry, now I'm rambling. So I guess overall, plot, meh, acting, mostly great, partly horrible. Amsterdam B-plot can suck it. So actually, I have talked myself up again. I've then talked myself down again a little bit again. And now I've talked myself up a teeny-weeny bit, but not as much as you talked me up before, or as much as I talked myself down before. So I'm giving this a total of 2.9. 2.9, eh? Oh, you might go yeah. a little bit Sorry, higher. that was such a rambly okay. mini. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Well, we're not miles apart, but there's definitely room in there for podcast land to get lower, higher, and in between. Shall we see what yeah. what direction they go? Yeah, I bet you in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is now let's hear from podcast land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Well, here we are at the listener mini section of this podcast. And this time we have a good old double hander for you. We've got 10 listener minis. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to shake off the automatic associations with that. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but here, look at this dildo. Jim, there's no time, I keep telling you. Because <laughs> we've got quite a few to get through. Unfortunately, we can't read them all out in their full splendor as we would always do if we've just got a few to go through so we are doing some snips here and there of our favorite bits or just bits that resonated whatever uh this might be the format going forward if we're having quite a few if you can submit something that's in a nice tidy package you've got more chance of it all being read out that's for sure Are you saying podcast land? You prefer a tiny package? Is is that is that the takeaway? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Yep, hundred percent. Yep, fine. Hey, that's that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I promise I will soon, soon I will catch up and I will add all the minis to the website. I'm sorry that I'm running behind on that. Uh, but yes, yeah, sorry, you were saying. First out the gates, we have... Stephen from Canada. That's right. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. What up? How the devil are you? It's been a while. We are jumping straight to the end and reading uh-huh. something like this. Costumes look as fabulous as ever, but I do long for the Omega costume from the Three Doctors. In my opinion, the hammered metal helmet was much better than the organic pulsating member this iteration is wearing. But to each their own. <laughs> Do look up that helmet, the original helmet. It is beautiful. It's like a dramatic Greek theatrical kind of mask. It, it looks really beautiful. Anywho, Stephen continues, It's not a great story, but it is certainly worth watching, if only to see Peter Davison wandering the streets of Amsterdam like an absolute creep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
And overall, says Stephen, this story earns 2.8 botched executions out of 5. Nice one. Mm -hmm. That's about as many botched executions as there were in this (laughs) serial. So, very good. Very appropriate rating. Thank you very much, Stephen. And uh, very much a rating after your own heart, Leon, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Okay. People who are not Stephen, head on over to back1.com and read this mini in its full splendor. Well, yes, of course. Next up, who have we got? Why, it's Kieran Evans. Hello, Kieran. Hello, Kieran. We're doing the same thing here, and we're doing some snip, snippity, snip, 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 and continuing, quote-unquote, with So Tegan Returns. Yeah. I think it was just a PR stunt by JNT for her, quote, leaving at the end of last season. I'm fairly sure Janet Fielding was contracted to for this season anyway, but she gets to film in Amsterdam, the second time Classic Who had been abroad, and not the last. And let's not forget Colin Bakel as Maxil. Very memorable. I wonder if he comes back. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> and Kieran also offers some DVD trivia. None of this season has individual releases in the UK. They are all part of box sets with other stories. This one is in a double feature with Time Flight. Nice. Yeah, solid. And Kieran concludes, not bad, but a little messy. 3.2 out of 5 random comfortable sofas in corridors. That's right. That is right. I remember that sofa now, actually. I have no reference point for that. Okay. I did in a second ago, but now I do remember it. (laughs) Good stuff. Thank you very much, Kieran. Um, yeah, thank you. People who are not Kieran can say hi to Kieran online. He can be found at KJ Evans. What, Jim? Two. And that's the number. That's right. Yeah. Do say hi. And head on over to backwhen.com and read his mini in its full splendor. Thank you very much, thank Kieran. Thank you, Kieran. Next up, who we got? It's Ed Corbey. Hello, Ed. How are you doing? Hello, Ed. What does Ed have to say? Well, Ed has some uh, bits which we are slipping around a bit. And then says, We return to Gallifrey, where everyone dresses like they're from Mongo, and join the Time Lord High Council, knowing that any one of them could be a traitor. Oh, wait, one of them's Michael Goff. It's him. They find it hard to believe (laughs) a Time Lord could be a traitor. Yes, uh, apart from the Master, Morbius, Chancellor Goff, Catalan Kellner, that dude from War Games. Yes, yes, unthinkable. (laughs) Indeed. They also say that capital punishment has long been abolished. Um, rewatch the deadly assassin. I'm pretty sure you're fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good point. We didn't talk about yeah. this. Spoilers, another mini might. <laughs> Ed continues, snip, snippity, snip, 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 and then concludes, this story is actually all right, but I struggle to remember anything that happens other than Woody Woodpecker turns up and shoots someone. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives this 2.6. Nice. Nice. Oh, that is super duper solid. I love it. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> good stuff. Yes. Full mini available on whobackwen.com. Please do go to whobackwen.com. For many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, we have got the Zoonmeister himself. It's Peter Zunich. What up, Peter? Peter in the house. Hey, Jim, <laughs> I say Peter, you say Zunich. Zunich. Peter. Zunich. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. That's, that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Leon, please take us away with Peter's uh, mini. Oh, with pleasure, Jim Cakes. Peter starts. 
I'm a fan of this story. It's not exactly expanding the Time Lord lore, but successfully expands on what we already know, which is wonderful. Yet we need to address the Ergon in the room. In fact, there are quite a few. As much as I have been dying to see Leela since she left, I'm happy for Sarah Sutton that Louise Jameson was unavailable, as Nyssa would have been backseated again. As it is, she's great. I do suspect that the chase would have been shorter, though. Yeah, true. Probably. Mm. As with the outfits. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we have to leave Peter's review there and then go straight to the end, which finishes like this. It's a fun romp which leaves the viewer speculating and contemplating, which are all the marks of a good story. So Peter gives this 4.1 antimatter omegas. Oh my 4.1. Yeah, that's right. You heard it here first, Podcast Land. That is a crazy bonkers high score from a chap with a gigantic heart. I mean... Bravo, Peter. Bravo. That is just grabbing a microphone. No, no, not a microphone. A megaphone. And just screaming, I've got a big heart. (laughs) Uh, Excellent. People who are not Peter... And Peter, if he just wants to bask in, in his own glow, head on over to whobackone.com and read this mini in its full splendor. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Next, we have... Next up, who we got, Jim Cakes. Why, it's this man called Mike. What up, Mike? Hello, Mike. Welcome back. Mike, we are going straight into the middle and jumping to... If anything detracts from this story, it is the contrivance of bringing Tegan back into the show. Not because I dislike the character, but because the whole hitchhiker slash cousin B plot started out very mysterious and promising, respectfully disagree, but then fizzles out and goes nowhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, the whole thing leaves, leaves Tegan with very little to do. Also, how exactly did the fusion generator work? Why did Omega need a zombie human slave yeah. when he already had the Ergon? These Great are question. the questions that keep Mike awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's so sorry. <laughs> you have our sympathies. And also perfectly understandable, by the way. Uh, snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. And then Mike concludes, overall, very enjoyable stuff. And he gives this a rating of 3.2 out of 5. Good. 3.2. stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. Who we got next? Jim Cakes. Why, it's none other than... Tracy, Tracy from America. America. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. How you doing? We missed you. Tracy says, snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. Oh, I guess you're going to have to go to whobackone.com to read the start of this one. But then she goes on. Hey, look, it's Dr. Six. That's his only mood, by the way. Mouth full of Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Does Commander Maxil, when he regenerates, look like Sylvester McCoy? Hmm, intriguing. I think that's a good question. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, actually, if that happened. <laughs> Um, uh, Tracy continues, and uh, she did preface this by way, by way of these are randomish thoughts, so they do jump around a bit. Uh, Time Lord outfits are so extra, like I don't know, baroque drapes, <laughs> and also <laughs> love the My Little Pony esque rainbow headgear that Maxwell wears like a freaking champ. Yeah, what a dude! He is peacocking all over the place. <laughs> Tracy continues, was Tegan gone? Lover here. Resourceful, fearless, resisting. Mm. 
Agree to disagree, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Tracy concludes with a top quote and a rating. The top quote being, I have found it unwise to predict what the Doctor can and cannot do. And the Mm. rating is antimatter cotton candy with a space snow cone. Which I also believe is right between your rating and my rating, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure the current rate of space snow cones is, yeah, it would place it about there, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's about right. Tracy, solid mini, as always, on point, yet uh, a wee bit artistic. I like <laughs> it. Um, people who are not Tracy, you need to head on over to whobackwhen.com, read this mini in its full splendor, because as we alluded, we have skipped the start of it. Uh, and when you're done with that, head on over to Twitter and tell a hi from us. Tracy can, can be found at... Yekartnyatnoof. That's Fountain Tracy backwards. Almost. Almost. That's almost <laughs> so out of sync. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. Next up, we have... <gasps> Tan Six Fingers, a.k.a. Ben O'Neill. Hello, Tan Six Fingers, a.k.a. Ben O'Neill. Hello, Tans. Tans has said a whole bunch of stuff, and then, which we're going to be snip, snippity, snip, snip, snipping, and then he says, I just want to know the following three things. One, where did Omega get a TARDIS if he was still stuck in the antimatter universe? Hmm. That's a solid question. Jim, do you have an answer? One word answer, please. No. Or you have you have five words to answer this question. <laughs> I have five words. Um... Yeah. I haven't a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> do, do you have an answer? <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope, I think we you go. just covered okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> this leads into Tanz's second question. Why does its interior, its interior, Omega's TARDIS, that is, match for doctors, who has his updated every two to three years? Perhaps all TARDISes are telepathically linked to each other so that their interiors are matching? No, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> five words. <laughs> and do carpets match drapes? <laughs> and number three. Why does the web in which the Doctor is placed look very similar to the one the Master put Adric in Castrovalva? Is this the equivalent of a holding cell that TARDISes newer than the Doctors have? Your five words, dude. Choose them wisely. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to choose to use my words as letters in some instances to hit okay. the five-word thing. Um, and I'm just going to say, time, Lord, S, and M. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Explains <laughs> <laughs> it for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Tan Six Fingers, I hope you're pleased. (laughs) Tan Six Fingers does conclude, he goes, snip, 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 and then he concludes, I enjoyed it, but found it lacking in more depth for Omega and his history. And he gives it a score of (gasps) pie out of five. Mm. Pie out of five, eh? Nice. What did you give this again, dude? 3.6. Oh, 3.14. Yeah, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I did not give it Uh, 3.14159. And some other ditches. Holy smokes. Wait, you know more than 3.14? That's where my knowledge ends. Uh, someone in the vicinity of Jim Cakes, please throw a, a, a box of matches on the floor <laughs> so you can rain man it. Nice. <laughs> I was tempted to get it on screen and just read as num- many numbers as I could get before you just fell asleep. 
happened. <laughs> oh, bravo. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tans. And people who are yeah. not tan six fingers. Yeah. Uh, seriously, please go and read this mini in its full splendor. It's good stuff. And say hi to Tans on uh, uh, Twitter. Tans can be found at Tans Six Fingers. Whoop whoop. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks, Tans. Next up, we have Andy Parkinson. What up, Andy? Uh, Andy's getting the same treatment as everyone else, um, but fortunately, he's given us a nice little list of likes and beefs. Starting with the likes. Nissa goes full John McClane zapping everyone in her path. That's nice. I had a John McClane reference in my notes as well, which I didn't bring up. And that's when, uh, what's his face, Huckleberry Finn takes off his shoes and then has to walk around barefoot. Um, yeah, he's my friend who agrees with me. Next like, um, Omega's mask and him melting. Gory, gooey goodness. Mm. Mm. And a related like, an Omega's death in part four is well done. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Last like, there are finally female Time Lord Council members. Holy yes. smokes, that's true. We've not had that before. It's in my yeah. notes, it's in my notes. But we didn't mention it. <laughs> 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 yes, good stuff. But Andy yeah. did have an equal number of beefs. Beefs. You outbeef me. Very good. Uh, the first one being <laughs> the space chicken. What were they thinking? Second reference. <laughs> yeah, I, I originally just saw dinosaur, but I can get the chicken. Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, finishing off the beef, possibly the worst costume ever. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. For me, that is a massive like, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Next. The Time Lords are so meh. Aside from trying to kill the Doctor for something he had no responsibility for, and just bland and uninteresting. Mm, I liked them. Anyway. Yep. Mm, All right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, Next beef. The Wibbly Wobbly Matrix. Come on. It's crap. And not a patch on the deadly assassin one. Is it too much to ask for another quarry? <laughs> <laughs> and last beef, the almost interminable chase around Amsterdam, the least exciting pursuit in history. I can agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's certainly close to it. <laughs> and so, in conclusion, Andy says, I award this story... 2.0 stinky backpacker sleeping bags out of five. Nice. Good and hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Andy. That's an excellent list. Inside, an excellent mini, which the rest of Podcast Land needs to head on over to whobackwhen.com and read in its full splendor. And when they're done with that, they can say hello to Andy online. Andy can be found at Caffrey's What 71. That's right. Thank you very much, Andy. Next up. Why, it's Paul Waring. What up, Paul? Hello, Hello, Paul. Paul, just skipping a little bit of a start and then going into the Doctor and Nissa work really well as a team in this story. And it means Nissa gets things to do rather than being left in the TARDIS. Although she does get ordered into the TARDIS. That's it true. would have been nice to have seen this pairing last a bit longer. Perhaps a few stories together before bringing back Tegan. Yeah. Oh, definitely agree. A bajillion and seven percent agree. <laughs> Indeed. Schnip, schnip. Paul then continues, as always, there are some unanswered questions. If capital punishment has been abolished on Gallifrey, why is there a purpose-built termination chamber ready for use at any time? Yeah. Solid question. And why does Commander Maxwell carry that ridiculous helmet around but hardly ever wear it? Trivia time! He was meant to wear it, but it was so tall with his peacock feathers that he couldn't fit through the doors. 
And so, uh, like, it, it just got awkward. So they made him take it off and carry it in his, under his uh, arm. And apparently, this is Todd Wikia speaking. Apparently, he was re- kept referring to it as the chicken because it felt to him like he was carrying a chicken <laughs> under his arm. Nice. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. And back to Paul's review, he concludes, Overall, this is an enjoyable story to watch. And Paul scores this 3.25 out of 5. Nice. Nice. Seriously nice stuff. Are we allowing half decimal points? Are we rounding that up to a 3.3? <laughs> I feel like we should. I've now already forgotten what I gave this, but I feel like we might now be almost... Oh, I, I honestly can't remember what I gave this serial now. <laughs> Are we now exactly between yours and mine? <laughs> what did you do again? <laughs> 2.9. I don't know. I don't remember. What did I give this? Oh, no, I no, it's not. I gave this 2.9. And you gave it 3.6. Oh, oh good stuff, though. Very good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Thank you very much, Paul. People who are not Paul... Can they find Paul online, Jim Cakes? Why, of course they can. He can be found on Twitter at P Waring. That's right. Spelled the way it's... That's that's how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Paul. Read the whole mini on whobackwinner.com. And next up, last up, why it's Neil. Hello, Neil. Why it is Neil. Hello. Fancy meeting you here this late in this alleyway, you strange man. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Neil, we're going into the middle of, straight past his greeting of hello men, which I quite enjoyed. Thank you, Neil. And into... Yeah, we really <laughs> like that one. <laughs> over on the cheap-looking Gallifrey sets, the actors playing the Time Lords seem to be a mixture of bored, uninterested, and downright depressed. I can only imagine this is because they didn't get to go to Holland to get fucked up on weed with the youngsters. <laughs> With this in mind, I can't help thinking that the scene in the cafe between Tegan and Robin would have been hugely improved if they were sharing a fat doobie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Quite. Love it. Neil continues, Colin Baker plays his character Maxil like an absolute wanker. Hope that's the last we see of that actor. (laughs) (laughs) Snip, snip. And he then concludes, I find the first and final parts highly entertaining, but the middle gets a bit dull. Yet Neil gives this a rating of 3.0 out of 5. Wow, good stuff. Yeah, that's really solid. So thank you very much, Neil. Uh, excellent mini. Uh, not just the bits that we just read out, but in uh, in its full splendor, which uh, Podcast Land needs to check out. Uh, Neil can also be found online at Neil Andrazoni. Andrazoni. Awesome stuff. Thank you very thank much, you, Neil. Neil. Thank you, everyone in Podcast Land, for your wonderful yeah, sorry, musings on this that was the Ark of Infinity. And yeah. yes, please go to Who Back When, read all those in their intended full splendor. We have just surmised. Um, yeah, and we are wrapping up now. That was Ark of Infinity. Uh, what That's do right. we have next? Well, next up, we are jumping back into New Who territory with Extremis. Oh, I have no idea what that is from the title. Yeah. I don't remember much about it. Sorry? Yeah, I don't recognize that in the slightest from the title. It's the one with the weird uh, space monks, like about 700 other say, episodes. You're going to have to yeah. get more specific. <laughs> 
I think they're the the ones that show up. They have like a massive pyramid. Like, you know what? I don't remember much about it. Anywho, that's yeah. the next new Who one. It's a Capaldi one. Uh, what have we got in the classic channel? Uh, classic. We're getting to one which we knew was coming because it's uh, a sequel of sorts to, or at least a return of the snake foes we saw. Uh, namely, it's called Snake Dance. Yeah, it's super duper. Looking My brain to that. is shutting down. I've forgotten all of the details. The name of the previous serial, the name of the people, <laughs> the Mara. The the previous serial was Kinder. Kinder. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well done. <laughs> I'd forgotten that bit. The serial is called Kinder. You're right. They are called the Mara. Oh, super duper. Mm, looking forward to that. Should be interesting. Yeah. But holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes! It, there's more goodness on the interwebs, including where we are to be found. Right? Why, of course. Yes. Uh, if you want to. Follow me on the Twitter sphere and see the occasional occasional I do, I like do. or retweet that I do. I don't tend to write much. <laughs> you can jump on board <laughs> at Jimmy the Who. Excellent branding. You can say hi to me as well. I will say hi right back. I can be found at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-N. I also do not tweet a lot, but I, I'm happy to converse with you if you fancy a chat. Isn't that lovely? What a service he offers. To a point. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, it's been a blast uh, chatting with Leon about this uh, wonderful serial. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Oh, you're too kind to me. Yeah. blast chatting with you. Until the next time, Podcast Land, uh, take care out there and see you. Yeah, be right next to each other. Cha-chao. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. But I've got no friends. No problemo. Tell some strangers. Hey. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?